gentlemen, welcome back to show business. The soothing, dulcet tones you're hearing are Nick Nunziata back from the attack. Uh, the Chen Morning Screw. This is a beta test. This is to see if folks are still interested in this. Uh, we've been doing the video podcast. And we've been doing a lot of uh, little quirky things here and there. But this kind of is uh, the best way for us to instantly communicate with you guys and for you to instantly give us hell and to showcase some of the fine people that live in the periphery of, uh, of the Chud HQ. And I think also we can extend this to Guy.com people, too, because uh, God knows they're, they're a delightful bunch. Uh, the purpose of this half-hour show is to see, you know, what's cooking, to be able to kind of go over the current event stuff that's not brilliant. And uh, if it works, I think it would be fun to try to do this on a much more regular basis with a wide variety of hosts and a wide variety of topics. I think it'll give a chance for the guys that do the B-movie thing to come in from time to time, give Rand a chance to <clears throat> display his vernacular, um, maybe even get some of the other folks involved. So that's the goal, and I guess how you guys respond to that will determine if it happens. Let me bring Rand onto the air since he's uh, got curly hair. Rand? Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I am arrive. My vernacular, why would I ever show that to people? That's gross. Uh, you have you have a, a very meaty, um, slightly glistening vernacular. That was really interesting until you said the word vernacular. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, how are you? How 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 was your weekend, sir? My weekend was uh was was great. Uh, I spent uh, Saturday um, methathoning uh, Breaking Bad. The first season, so I watched uh, seven hours of Brian Cranston being delightful, and uh, I watched I watched some other movies. I think I watched Robinson Crusoe on Mars and 127 Hours, and There Will Be Blood, and a little bit of Gangs of New York. So I was, I was thinking uh, about There Will Be Blood yesterday. Actually, I was thinking about how. Whoops. What? I just pressed That's the button. A, Continue. Oh uh, no, I, I was just thinking about that movie yesterday because. Um, Although I'm not a huge, I, I don't like Daniel Day Lewis that much. Normally, I, he's amazing in the two movies you mentioned, um, but I still want to hate him most of the time. Like just because I, because I thought Last of the Mohicans and Crucible were like really lame performances. But, but, um, but uh, that movie and that performance, you know, the more I think about it, the more it feels like some sort of like cornerstone that's going to be looked back on for. You know, in a way that very few performances I can think of in our life, like in, in the past 20 years, do. Yeah, it's hard to think of something that that will that will I don't know just stay as stay as haunting and potent and icky. It's it's so hard. It's hard for me to watch that movie because it's I I watch it almost like a horror movie. Like it between the score and just some of the I don't the elements of the character that I feel like I identify with a little too much and kind of scare me it, it the whole thing I, I treat like a horror film but it's it's still great you know I wouldn't be surprised and, I, and, and if somebody's already done this apologize um, I that would make a really good stage play and think about what kind Absolutely. like can you imagine can you imagine if somebody turned that into like an ongoing stage play the, like every good actor goes to see if they're able to hold their own as Daniel Plainview. Like that's like the in the same way that like Death of a Salesman or you know uh, Annie 
are considered like <laughs> no, you know, that of a salesman being, you know, like that, like the Willie Loman, like that, like where, where, like or Shakespeare, like the, there is those those pivotal roles that like actors put on their resume saying I've tackled this, and 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 that defines why you should you should take me seriously. If they did, then there will be blood. There is no doubt in my mind that Daniel Plainview would be one of those characters that people would just. And of course, you know, his performance is so unique that um, it would yeah. be hard for them not to just mimic it. But it would be interesting to see what somebody yeah, like Liam Schreiber or or a, or a Gary Busey could do with it. <laughs> I um, something even the story itself, the, the 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 like the screenplay. If you turn that into a stage play, it's so stark, and like the the dialogue and kind of the scenes based around single iconic events, I could see that translating to a play really well and being one of those things like Shakespeare that could be reinterpreted, you know, a million different ways. You know, you could you'd have your gimmicky plays that would treat it as a comedy or, you know, whatever and it I feel like it could hold up to that kind of different interpretation. Well plus in like um in, in about twenty years the only oil we'll have will be stage oil. <laughs> See that's political. Exactly. Yeah, there um, you go. I want to see the so, nuclear uh, version of There Will Be Blood. There will be there will be Scud. There will be Reactor. I don't I don't know. There will be Chud. <laughs> there will be Chud. There will always that be Chud. Be great, that might be a great name for the Friday segment, actually. Um, you, could have, you could have your you laying on your on your stomach and and oil coming out of your buttock. <laughs> um, so uh, first, I want, we'll go into some news and. Because we are on an abbreviated time frame, you know, 24 minutes is all the free service allows. And Blog Talk yeah. has to earn my money again because they were dogs pussy for quite some time. Um, so the, the first news I'll go, and it's fresh off the wires, uh, I, I already intended, is HBO has already renewed Thrones, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah? uh, which, is, which, which has become a practice of theirs now. Basically, they spend all this money on these boutique shows. And then after the first episode performs well, like Treme or Boardwalk, they greenlight a second season, which is awesome. But uh, I wish they would greenlight a third and fourth immediately as well, because HBO also has a track record of of cutting shows off at the kneecaps right as they're right as they're you know starting to deliver right. on you know I mean obviously some have have been able to tell their entire story, but with Deadwood getting getting axed or getting Budget, budgeted out of life, and even stuff like Carnival or Rome, those kind of shows are, there's, you've got to let them go. you just got to let them run. I mean, it's not my money, so fuck them. Yeah, exactly. But, and uh, I mean, some of these have been really great right out of the gate, but yeah, even something like an HBO show that maybe it has all the production value and, and the thought behind it to make it great from the start, but that doesn't mean it, it's really found the groove that's going to make it special. Like, I feel that way with Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, no, Boardwalk has not even close to found... Uh, there's no doubt in my mind it's going to become one of those things that, you know, unless they lose a pivotal either cast member or quality of directors, which I can't see happening, there's no yeah. reason that show isn't just going to grow and grow and grow. I mean... You know, I'm I'm already locked in for the entire run. I don't care if it goes 23 seasons. I'm locked in, you know, for that one. Uh, and, and and I'll tell you, Game of Thrones blew me away. I was I was really I was really happy with it. Um, I'm more so than a lot of the other shows that have come out recently. And you know, there's been a lot of good TV shows that have debuted recently in the past two years or so, three years. And that's that's a high one for me. It's a real high watermark. Yeah, I'm 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 ashamed to have missed it. 
hopefully I'll be able to catch up with it before it gets too deep, too deep and, and too thrusted. But so basically you need to see episode two. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, that's the one thing. I read the first book a long time ago, um, and I remember very little of it, but I do remember some stuff, and I remember being dense as hell. And, of course, it's like any other fantasy series. It's the subsequent installments have made it even more and more dense to where it's not like you can pick up, you know, halfway through the story and get any right. of the value of it. You know, it's not justified. So it's I, I like, understand uh, the premiere was filled with... Uh, with a great deal of, 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 of fuckings. Is that the case? Well, it's not really. I mean, that's kind of overblown. You know, it's, is it? It's, it's oh. not, some people have compared it to True Blood, which is a dog shit show that completely coasts on some of that stuff. And even Spartacus coasts on a lot of violence and sex. I don't, there is some of that stuff in, in here, but uh, the stuff that should connect with people is the stuff that has nothing to do with the rhythmic slap slap of bellies in a tent. I mean, it's like... Completely. I mean, it's completely built around like this, this, this gigantic, you know, this kingdom with all this stuff. I mean, it already felt like you're, you're being, you're a part of something dense, even more so than like Lord of the Rings. I mean, there's like there, there's so much Shakespearean type stuff at play here, and there's so much um, potential. There, there's a hint of some stuff that is, uh, which surprised me. A hint of stuff that's a little bit more supernatural or or fantastical that I didn't know. Right. That even kind of gives you more. So what they're, I mean, they're going to coast on the really strong stuff, the, the, the human stuff, but the possibilities of other things happening is is excellent. So it's really, it could be one of those shows that, that uh, introduces people to fantasy the right way. So what you're saying is, it, is, is it's better than uh, Showtime's Camelot or whoever's, whoever's showing that show. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I have no interest in Camelot. I have no interest in, in, in the Tudors. And, and, Tudors uh, is over, I, right? Yeah. I, I guess. But, I mean, I, you know, the, to me, that didn't connect with me in any way. And right. I hate that actor so much. Thing. But, um, and even Spartacus, while I, I appreciate it, it's not my show. It's not my type of show. But this is like, yeah. I mean, I haven't felt, I've, I've had no interest in fantasy since The Lord of the Rings. It's completely just, I'm, you know, I, I fulfilled that quota. And this this kind of just shut me up. Like, well, right, Hollywood sure has never figured out how to to coast on it, in terms of, you know, they've always tried to to fill that that spot in the year with the same kind of tone of fantasy or whatever, be it the Narnia films or or whatever other knockoff. But nothing is ever connected. And, well, it's because uh, they're they're trying to get it's all marketing. They're trying to get the kids. They're trying to get the younger yeah. audience. They're trying and, and they're capitalizing on on material that. I mean, even Harry Potter, which I know people will defend till they die. Harry Potter, I mean, it's great for what it is. I mean, I have no doubt that it's 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 the very best fantasy ever written for for you know that age group and, and even higher. But um, this is a different kind of beast completely, and yeah. you know, and, and and it should if people give it a chance. And apparently, the, the ratings are good. So if people give it a chance, it totally doesn't matter that it's that it takes place in medieval, you know, medieval setting. Because it's, it's stuff that, you know, in the same way that, you know, The Wire or, you know, some of the, some of the other great long, long-term long stories, it doesn't matter. It's just, it just happens to be during that time. I mean, and, and, and Sean Bean and Mark Addy are a very good, very good uh, pair of tour guides through that universe, so. How is that in terms of, uh, you know, them carrying over 
him from you know carrying over cast member from Lord of the Rings almost to give it some fantasy authenticity or give it some credit right it, off the gate. I think I think it was a mistake to have the Balrog <laughs> play the queen. But other than that, no, I mean <laughs> the thing is, Sean Bean, his character, first of all, he's playing a kind of a guy in his autumn years in some respects. He's he's already lived life and fought the wars, and he's it's, he's on the other end of it, and he's weary, right. and um, you know he's not. He's not playing even close to Boromir. Like he's playing a completely different kind of role. He's more like uh, Theoden in some respects. But but uh, no, I mean I, I think I think they've done a good job of balancing out because there's a couple people in the movie in the show that are totally pretty people that are just horrible, like 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 the people that you would see in True Blood. But they're balanced out right. by these these real earthy like. You know, you know, and then they got Jason Momoa, the guy that played plays Conan in the new Conan movie, playing a, a, a like a savage fuck horse. I mean, he's a. Uh, I mean, like it's it's really weird. Like if I would have just seen a still from the show, and it showed Lana Headley and her twin brother guy, the guy that plays the twin brother looks like he walked off the set of True Blood. His hair is perfect. He's like chiseled jaw. He's like completely. Obviously, there to get young ladies interested in watching the show. Uh, and then there's this, this pair of blonde-haired fuckers uh, out there across the sea who who are like they look like the brother and sister from Hellboy Two, you know. But oh but but when you balance them out with 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 the you know they're trying to create a very distinct look to each section of the kingdom, right? So so it works. And and then, and, and and luckily, the, the, at least this first story took place in the gritty, dirty. You know, familiar setting of uh, of Sean Bean's hangout. You know, so it works out. I really like it. I think it's got a lot of potential. And and, and you know, doing a quick perusal of of the storylines that follow the first book, and, and to kind of refresh myself, there's so much so much potential that I have no. You know, there's you know the one the one fear was that they weren't going to allow the show to have its life. You know, like one season of this is is a joke. So having two seasons of it. At least guarantees that a large percentage of the story will be, you know, the first arc will get to get to be told, and 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 I think we'll really have a good idea if it's viable for more than just a big promoted first episode event. Right. So I'm excited. I think it's great. It's definitely my Sundays. You know, HBO is doing a very good job of actually making me a TV viewer day and date, rather than somebody who waits for the TiVo or whatever. So that's a compliment. Oh, that's a compliment to their work. And, and, and you mentioned Breaking Bad. You, now, you've caught up on it. Is it intense enough for you? Um, well, like I said, I'm only through the first season, um, which I know I know some shit goes down and, and things change. And, like, I, you know, I, I only have – I haven't really – I've been pretty uh, blind to it, so I don't know where it's going. I don't I, – I assume things like uh, the Heisenberg persona will become more of a thing, and, and I can tell – because the final episode of season one has him doing the whole try to rape his wife because he just, you know, watched somebody be murdered and did a big drug deal and everything. So I can see where there's going to be a lust for the lifestyle that he can and, and boundaries that he's going to break. But uh, so far, um, it's it's been more than intense enough. And like I was telling you earlier, I'm really happy with how the, the kind of the chemistry gimmick, so to speak, has been integrated in a way that's like there's a little bit, there's enough interest and it's in there enough to be unique, but it's not relied on as like a stupid 
you know, primetime CSI knockoff, you know, a lot of those kind of shows like Lie to Me and stuff that integrate their gimmicks that way. And but, it helps um, that Aaron Paul is so good in, in his role. It could have it could have been just the Brian Cranston show. Right. Wait, which but one is that he? Kid, the he's, kid? He's Jesse, yeah, he's... Okay, Jesse, yeah. And he, uh... Yeah, yo-yo-yo guy. I mean, he... Yeah. I'm actually, I've been surprised in, is that I don't know the actor's name yet. I haven't kind of paid enough attention and caught up with that yet. But the, the guy who plays his brother-in-law, Hank, um, well, that's it, at least Mark. in the first season, I, I really like him. Like, oh, I, he's I was, amazing. I, at first, Dean I thought Morris he was just going to be like the the douchebag, you know, brother-in-law. But he right away he 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 be, he's like the most likable douchebag I've ever seen. No, no, and, Dean Norris. First of all, he, that guy is a character actor that you you will now that you've seen him in Breaking Bad. When you revisit older films, you'll notice him. Like he uh, is, he's one of those guys. He's you know like the whole that guy thing. He's one of those bad guys. I, he definitely seems familiar. I can't. It'd be hard for me to pick out something that I know he's in, but uh, he, he's definitely a familiar face. But I like what he brings to the character. Like, right away, the first scene, they kind of telegraph it as, uh, he's like the big douchebag, he's the boisterous guy, and then almost immediately there was something to him that he's got a, a very genuine charm that you know, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy watching the them go yeah. at it. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, war, a teaser. There is an episode, I think it's in season three, it might be season two, I think it's season three, though, where he is just, if you don't, like, worship this guy, you will fucking love him after that. I mean, there's this one episode where he just shines. He shines a lot. I mean, like, that, that is, I mean, that character is a thankless character in a typical show. Right. But his relationship with, with, uh, with uh, Cranston's, you know, Walter, um, is interesting because there's, there's, like, this weird little kind of competition and sort of, like, high school, like, bully, nerd kind of thing. But there's also a warmth and there's also that family bond right that real it really shades the characters they no nobody uh even like the characters who like the son you know the handicapped son and and then the the, the wife of hank who is an mm -hmm. awesome person in real life she blew me away um yeah. she yeah th those people like those are throwaway characters on 90 percent of their shows out there so I think break, I mean, Breaking Bad doesn't even hit stride until late in season one, and I think it doesn't let go ever. Has Good. Giancarlo Esposito even been on the show yet? Um, I don't think he's in season one. Who does no, he play? He's not. Yeah, no, no, he's not. I don't Because that's so. an actor that I used to hate. Like in, right. And, and, and <laughs> oh, my God. No, he's yeah. season four. He's, what? He's season four, apparently. Oh, he's in season four, but he's also in... He come, uh, he, he surfaces in season two. He's in almost every episode of season three. And uh, he's... He, you're going to love... I mean, like, he, that guy... There's just so much good shit. So much good shit good. in that show. I'm and the excited thing that to get to the rest of it. Is, is I get offended when people see, like, shit shows before that. It's like... You know, why would... Like, I tell people that should know better... Don't watch X. You've got to watch Breaking Bad first, and then they'll watch fucking Justified or something, which is a fun show. But you can't watch Justified over Breaking Bad. It's not right. I think uh, I think we have a caller from uh, Destin on the phone. Let's see if he's out there. Uh -oh. Hello. Caller. Hello. Who is this? Jason Becker. Oh, hey, what's up, Jason? You're not calling from Destin. No, I'm calling from uh, Florida. 
Okay, that's where I got the area code. Okay, what part of what part of Florida do you keep alive? Uh, Jacksonville, North Florida, the worst part. Right. I, I'm not going to argue that. Although the Panhandle is delightful. Jacksonville, but that, you're the you're the proud uh, creator of Fred Durst. Oh wow! I don't know if I'm proud, but I didn't. Fred, why that. would you know that? Because <laughs> uh, I because I because I, I was young once, Nick. Let, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and that day still continues. You lucky prid. So, Jason, <laughs> what do you want to talk about, sir? Am I wrong to be excited um, about? the new Stallone movie, now that Walter Hill and Thomas Jane are involved. Absolutely not. Yeah. You're absolutely not wrong to be excited about that. Like, I was, like, cautiously excited when Walter Hill came aboard, but then I yesterday I saw that Tom Jane is going to play the cop, and now I'm just, like, like, giddy at the thought of what the movie could be. I guess I mean it's a Stallone movie, so there's a good chance it's going to be a piece of shit. But well, yeah, but it's a, his piece of shits are, are interesting, and I and I don't mean that in the scatological sense. Uh, he um he like like even like I, I love revisiting. I'm not going to call Tango and Cash a piece of shit, but it's not a, really a great movie. But uh, I'll rewatch Lock Up or Tango and Cash or. Or some of the, I won't rewatch Specialist because that's what I'm afraid this movie has the potential of being if, in the worst case scenario. Yeah. But he, Stallone's fun, and and he allows us to rem, to to like put aside that whole, uh, and, you know, he, he, everything's on its sleeve. I mean, like, you got to love that about the guy. Like he, he you know, he, he's so earnest and he's so he's so believing in what he's doing that it's kind of contagious. So I hope I hope the best. And Walter Hill hopefully still has some of the. Ferocity to keep uh, to keep it from being too sappy or silly. Yeah, um, I was on the fence about the Expendables until I watched the documentary Inferno, and I saw Stallone's enthusiasm and like like him as a person, and it was inspiring. Like he's an inspirational guy, no matter what you know he produced, what no matter what the result of his art or whatever you want to call it, his his positive attitude and you know sincerity is something to be looked up to. Yeah, and I think The Expendables is a movie that had a lot of different mentalities getting it. Like, cause as it evolved, I think what, what wound up with was okay, it was fun, but there was so much that they could have done and so much that they were hamstrung by because of finances or because of situations and just the uncertainty about it. Now that it's succeeded... Yeah, I mean, I understand see, that I Expendables turned out the way it did because all those guys wanted their quotes and they wanted to work within their schedule and he worked around that rather than, you know, finding people that could be there and, you know, that he could afford and that would be there when he needed them. I understand that, but just his, like, his, like, he, him being a, like a 62-year-old man trying to, you know, mix martial arts, the shit out of Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's inspirational. Well, he, he paid the price. I would like to see yeah. a movie where the Expendables hooked up with the guys from Munich. That would be a nice team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you get the you get the veins popping out, and then you get the bizarre mixture of normal folk. I love it. But anyway, but no, I think I think it has a chance to be good, and and, and I, I think that Thomas Shane is is is, is uh, underappreciated in a lot of respects, and he's limited, but it's a fun limitation. 
Yeah, I sort of wonder. I sort of wonder if Warner Brothers is regretting not letting him play Jonah Hex now, because at least it would have some sort of DTV cachet. With I don't think Jonah Hex could have worked with anybody with that crew with that mentality. It's kind of a sad, a sad fact. But we have another call coming in in a second. Uh, let's. Let, is there anything else that uh, any other pressing, interesting opinions? about either the shows that we were talking about before or anything else that's upcoming? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to watch Game of Thrones now. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not really excited to see that Conan guy in it, though. I didn't, I forgot he was in it, and then I, 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 after the show, I, went, I looked up who the actor was that played that badass, and it was him. So that's Is the way Is he badass on the show? Does it sort of, like... I know Conan is gonna suck because it's from the Pathfinder guy, but no, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, his character is a badass. He he um he doesn't speak. He fucks horses, and he kicks ass. And 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 and, and he he likes when people get disemboweled at his ceremonies. It's great. He's he's fun. He plays this like really iconic character. Like he's like a really. I mean, uh, it helps. First of all, it helps that he doesn't have to deliver dialogue, which is delightful. But it also helps that he plays this. This really cool character. I think you'll definitely like him. So enjoy, man. Let us know what you think. If we if we bring the show back, I think that, that would be a good callback for, uh, for to get from you. I'm going to go over to the next caller because we've got to burn through these when we have a few minutes. Thanks for calling, Jason. All right, no Cheers, problem. Yeah. Got somebody from the 850 area code. Who are you, sir? Hi, this is Andrew Hawkins calling. How's it going? There's the destiny. Son of a bitch. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you, friend, sir? Uh, doing good. Doing good. It's a nice sunny day down here in Florida. Good times. Yeah, it's going to be sunny uh, wherever you're at next week, too. A little dusty, too, I think. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mr. Hawkins is experiencing his last week in the States before shipping off to Kuwait as a member of our armed services. Uh, and he's going he's gonna to go there, and they're going to jam him in a hole in the fence, and he's going to just be there. Pretty much. Be seven months of he's a, he's a he's a mortar first class. He's just a piece of mortar that they use to stick shit together. It's a technical <laughs> military term. <laughs> so, did you have a chance to, to uh, see any anything in the last day or two? Uh, in the last day or two, I caught uh, the other guys on Netflix, and I chased that with Burnt Offerings, starring Oliver Reed and Karen Black. A great <laughs> double feature. Interesting. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's convenient that they're actually packaged together on DVD. That makes it a lot easier. But, but uh, I like the other guys more now than I did when I first saw it. It's kind of grown on me somewhat. I liked it. I thought it was good. It was funny. It had uh, some great spots. And it killed off two of the uh, most notable action stars that have been around lately. And a, and a great blaze of glory with Foo Fighters as a soundtrack. That was fun. I'm going to bring in, we've only got two minutes left. I'm going to bring in our other caller from the 814, and hopefully we can not talk over each other too much. Who is this calling from the 814? Hey, Nick, it's uh, Brian Kroll. How you doing, man? Hey, man, how you doing? Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Ren. By the way, way, Ren, I will answer your Twitter thing, I think think you know what horror movie I was talking about. But anyway, keep going. I I, I was just trying to do the promotions game, man. You know, trying to to keep focus on that. But, Ren, I'll tell you what, brother. I will defend Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit any day. And I'm a 35-year-old man. 
I don't, I don't mind. mind doing that. Yeah, well, you know, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. It's all build-up, it's all payoff. In fact, I do a column for Guy.com, plug, plug, and actually Limp Bizkit's <laughs> going to be one of the people that I actually actually defend against haters like you, Mr. Brown. So you're on my list, buddy. Well, I, I paid more money than I care to admit for albums and other <laughs> paraphernalia. I was, I was a, a very legitimate fan. For a number I'll, I'll never buy an so, album of theirs, but I'll defend them. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be interested to read that column on guy.com. But um, not to, I didn't want to take over the conversation, but I was fascinated by your while you guys talking about Stallone, which is why I called. And I want to throw this out to the group here, and I think Stallone is a very underrated actor. You know, he did those really ridiculous action movies and did the, the, the Rocky thing, just descended in self-parody. They got a bad rap. But I'll tell you what. I don't think he's a better actor than one of the uh, like a Harrison Ford type guy, you know. Because oh, yeah. Harrison Ford does yeah, a couple different things. He does the uh, wry smile and the wry humor, you know, and then he's he does angry very well. There's a great moment in Indiana Jones where he just looks pissed, and that's a good look for him. That's the only two things he can do. I think Stone has a bit more range. He's got things like Copland in his uh, resume, which yeah. you know, it's a great film, you know. Yeah, we are so, we are counting down forty five seconds. So I'm gonna. Um, okay. You you are totally right. Copland, Nighthawks. Uh, obviously, he's done some stuff, and I think I think Mosquito Coast. If, if Harrison would have continued along those lines, we would have seen a different actor. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. No, Stallone is is uh, he is an actor first, and and I think I think one day when when the uh, muscles start to fade, we'll get to see that again. But uh, overall, I think this little idea worked out. I like having. The ability yeah, to talk was nice. to we had a nice, diverse group of people, so I will we'll relaunch this as a daily on for, on Monday. But um, as we have 10 seconds left, I want to thank everybody for, for coming in, and please spread the word. We need you guys. Uh, always here for you. Thank you so much, everybody. Be good, and uh, don't fuck your mothers.